Okay, guys, so we are officially starting our weekly webinar. This webinar has been organized by the weekly fasting group. Um, it's a WhatsApp group of people from all over the world. And um, the aim of this group is to cultivate the habit of fasting every week between 24 and 36 hours on a permanent basis, like week after week after week. So, and we also organize different webinars, supporting webinars on the subjects of fasting and um, healthy eating and other things related to that. So today, today we have Brett Cohen from the United States. Brett has been on the fruitarian path for the last 14 years. And yeah, let's just start. Over to you, Fred. Over, over to you, Brett. Thank you, Art. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm honored and happy to be here to share together this afternoon, or where I am, it's this afternoon anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, oh, let's see. Shall I just start talking? Should we have yes. all right? Yes, yes, yes. If you could just cover, because we, uh, we promoted a few subjects that you uh, sent me, and uh, after that, we will have plenty of time for questions as well. Great. Okay, well, let's see. I want to start off with saying that uh, I am very much a process like anyone else. Uh, I'm sharing what I have to share in the interest of, of helping others and giving my, what I have uh, as a piece of the puzzle. Um, you know, it's not, uh, I prefer not to be put on a pedestal or anything like that. <laughs> um, anyhow. I have a little note, a little list here of things to talk about. My story, my little cheat sheet right here. <laughs> so growing up, I had a, a lot of illness around me as a lot of people can relate to, I'm sure. Uh, my father, in particular, was chronically ill. He had MS, multiple sclerosis. And, uh, you know, that was different. I watched him in my earliest memories. He walked on a cane. And then he was in a wheelchair. And then he was paralyzed in the bed and so on. Um, you know, and, and, and so when I was 14 years old, he went to a nursing home and he lived there for 10 more years. He was always trying these experimental medicines that the doctors would prescribe to him. And uh, 
yeah and when i was 24 years old he he, he died um and that was both tragic and difficult and it was also uh how do you say it was also a blessing it, it was it was um It was an inspiration to do some research and some deep thinking, some meditation on what is the cause of illness, what is the cause of health, you know? Um, so you fast forward another few years, uh, now I'm 28 years old, and I've decided to give into the the pressure to get a computer, <laughs> get the internet. Um, and I have the internet now, and I am researching things that I'm interested in with this huge library that I all of a sudden have access to. Soon I discover there's this thing called the fruitarian diet. And there's people that are talking about it on these forums. Uh, there wasn't so much video that I was finding at that point, but I was finding a lot of text. And I was especially fascinated with the, <clears throat> the ethical side of it. You know, this, this idea that people were sharing that because fruit can be harvested without the need to harm animals or plants, that it's possible to eat food without killing in, in a peaceful, completely harmonious way. Um, and I was really just fascinated and taken by that. To this day, it remains one of the most, the most real, the most significant uh, ideas that there is that I have heard. So, uh, that was 14 years ago. I'm, uh, I'm 42 now, officially. <laughs> and um, it's been, it's been a journey. It's been quite a journey on the last, uh, along the way. So I want to say that that those 14 years are not, it doesn't mean I've been eating only fruit 100% for 14 years. Uh, and I say I'm on the fruitarian path. Uh, to me, nicer than saying I am fruitarian. Uh, you know, better to identify less in my experience. Um, when we identify there's an element of, of violence that goes with that, we separate ourselves from we separate ourselves by identifying, you know. 
So anyway, I'm 28 and uh, I find this out and I decide I'm going to eat only fruit. So my initial, my first run of eating 100% fruit uh, with, you know, 100% lasted for two months. During those two months, I met my former wife. Uh, she was, we were attracted to each other during that time. Um, after two months, I found out about uh, the existence of raw milk, raw cow's milk. At, at that time, I was under the impression that cow's milk, you know, I mean, it can be peacefully harvested, like, like uh, fruit from plants. Um, but I was, I was under the mistaken impression that it usually is harvested that way. So I decided to go on a, uh, what you might call lacto-fruitarian diet, uh, where I was eating only raw fruits and raw milk, drinking, you know, <laughs> raw milk for um, another three months. So now, after a little while that, I wasn't feeling so good. Uh, but I kept it going because I had in my head that this was a good idea. Um, now, three months of that, five months, you know, since the beginning of this story. And... I didn't feel very well. I, I you know, I, I really didn't feel good. And um, so I stepped back. I had my first, I had a, a fallback moment. I just went back to eating just various foods. Um, my yeah, I just went into eating various foods. Still a lot of fruit, a lot of some raw vegetables. I stopped the milk and I was eating some just other foods also. And I did that for a while. Um, but I had this, this seed planted in my mind already in my experience. As I see it, anyone that eats 100% raw fruit for at least a month, better two or three months, they have a firsthand experience of what that can be, how healing that is, what, it's, what it feels like um, emotionally, spiritually, um, To, to, to do that, to not be killing anymore. Um, at least not for eating. <laughs> and um, so that seed was, was there, you know? That seed was there for a while. And uh, I had different phases, different shorter phases of 
eating only fruit, eating other things, eating only fruit. And each time I would feel uh, I would like <laughs> in many ways become much younger and much older and much younger again, go to eating only fruit. It's like I'm 10, 20 years younger in every way. And then I go to eating other things and I'm much older again. I start to get dehydrated. Uh, you know, and, and everyone around you perceiving you and treating you as if they, they think that you're a different age. It's a very interesting experience that I, that I had. Then, what was it about maybe seven years ago, six and a half years ago, I got together with uh, a good friend of mine who I think is maybe on this call now, Lara, or, or will be on the call soon. Um, I'm here. Oh, hey, Lara. That now. Um, and we together had a moment of deciding that we wanted to eat. Well, well, it was yours. It was her uh, initiative, I think you know, to go on a 100% raw diet for an extended period of time again. Yeah. And so then that happened. And then the frequency started moving up again. It was like there were longer periods of eating only 100% raw and or 100% fruit and less shorter periods in between. There were, there were multiple times in there when I remember eating only fruit for, well, the longest I've personally gone eating 100% raw fruit is three and a half months as of yet. During those periods, once you get to two and a half months, three months. Uh, it's like a huge transformation. It's um, yeah, the, your hair becomes like perfect, shiny, and even your skin is, you know, is uh, just has, it's just about as perfect as, as I can imagine memory, mind is clear, the mood, you just feel good. Um, one of the pitfall, one of the pitfalls along the way is, you know, as we're doing these things and we fall off, in my experience, you, you know, you, you fall off of this 
I don't know if off is really the word, but I call it a fallback. A fallback moment, you fall off, you fall back from the path that you're on. Uh, it's important to practice self-love during these times. It's important to practice, you know, like instead of saying, oh, I, I messed up and then get all mad at ourselves over it. We, we practice self-love, we practice allowance, understanding that sometimes the way forward is the way back or that the obstacle is the way, yeah? Uh, when I when I teach my music students, sometimes there's this story that comes up uh, that basically goes like this: If you have if you have a computer programmer, it used to be about an elephant trainer, but <laughs> we switched it. <laughs> if you have a computer programmer, an experienced computer programmer, right? And they are choosing that they're making a new software. Because they're experienced, they will understand that in developing this new software, there's going to be problems along the way. There will be bugs to be worked out. So they don't get so upset with themselves when it happens because they expect it to happen. They understand it as part of the process. So humanity right now is in a certain paradigm of food habits and things. And some of us are questioning what those habits are and practicing um, some different habits. And we understand that to be maybe like writing a new program. Yeah. So anyway, I could go on and on about that, but I don't wanna, um, we wanna get through some of these various points. So, yeah, this food control, uh, I wanna say that I have a lot of respect for anyone that is working on this sort of thing wherever it may be, whatever kind of uh, plateau you may be living on at the moment. In, uh, in yoga, there's something called yamas, which is basically means control, practice of self-control. Uh, and one of the 
important yamas that is not often taught in our commercialized, often somewhat commercialized Western version of yoga uh, is something called Mitahara. Uh, Mitahara, if anyone wants to look it up, is spelled M-I-T-A-H-A-R-A. And it means food control. And it's considered a very important part of yoga practice. A continual development of our habits. A development of our ability to control ourselves. Untangling our mental stuff. <laughs> you know? It's huge. We have generally, we have been passed down from countless generations. These habits. And we'll, we can do with them what we will. Balanced effort. In my experience, in, in many things, uh, it's good to have balanced effort. It's good to not push too hard or too soft in the direction that we're trying to go. If we push too hard, we will likely not be having so much fun and we will probably fall off of, of what, you know, we will lose interest or we'll just get frustrated and, and we'll uh, fall off of that path, at least for a while, but probably longer than if we had been giving a more gentle effort, you know? And uh, conversely, if we, If we don't push hard enough, then we don't, we don't grow, we don't develop so much. You know, it's like this idea that maybe we wouldn't, if we had the option to just live in this perfect utopia um, in the sense of there's no challenges, everything is just the perfect temperature and you know, whatever, all the time, that, uh, you know, maybe that's nice for a little while, but we wouldn't necessarily want that all the time because we wouldn't, we wouldn't really grow from there. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, encourage us to grow. We need challenge. So the right amount of challenge, not too much, not too little, balanced effort, um, I think is a key concept that Helps me a lot. Why is it that many people find a flat belly to be intuitively attractive? I think that that is actually a good question to um, reflect on. You know, 
A flat belly is a sign of health. The belly sticks out. It means that we have, we have an accumulation in there. I just wanted to uh, briefly touch on that. <clears throat> Cascade fasting. So along this journey, there has been this great thing that we call fasting. Uh, I did my first fast when I was, uh, how old? I think I was 17 years old. It was a water fast, six days. And uh, then there was some more water fasting later. Then I learned about dry fasting discovered especially the wonderful book by Dr. Sergei Filonov, who I know has been connecting with you guys in your weekly fasting group recently. I haven't gotten to watch those videos yet, but I have them uh, bookmarked. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's a lot of gems there. Uh, but I have read his book multiple times. The uh, Google translation, medical dry fasting, the English version, which is, um, you know, not the best translation, but good enough to, to get what he's saying. Uh, from there, one of the things I learned about is cascade fasting. So cascade fasting is um, making a rhythm. It, 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 to me, that it's the real intermittent fasting. Uh, you know, people are people are calling. Well, maybe I shouldn't say the real. <laughs> I'm too late. <laughs> um, so. For people, it may or may not be feasible to go on a long fast. Maybe we have to work or, you know, we have responsibilities we can't get away from, whatever they are. So there is this thing called cascade fasting. And it's taught in, in Dr. Filonov's book and uh, elsewhere on the internet. Similarly, you fast for one day or, you know, 36 to 47 hours, basically skipping one day and then eating the next day and then fasting again the next day. Doing that continuously for a period of time. Um, Lara and I have practiced this together supported there some of the time 
in similar ways to the way that you guys, I think, are supporting each other in your weekly fasting group by fasting together at the same time. You have some community, uh, some interpersonal connection, which is nourishment, which is real, <laughs> real nourishment. So, yeah, I have personally done the cascade fasting for up to three months, one day and one day, one day on, one day off. And very restful. I find that in general, the only time I feel better than, well, when I eat only fruit for extended periods of time, there's this peace that I feel inside that I cannot describe very well with words. Um, but it's wonderful. It's very wonderful. Communing with these plants and uh, Experiencing what it's like to do to do no harm by eating. The only time that I have felt better than that is when fasting. Fasting, you just you give your body a break. You 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 know, it's like how many engine, how many miles you have on your car engine, right? You know, if you, you just stop running the engine for a while, everything stops. Water fasting is great too, but you're still running the engine. You're still running water through turning the wheels inside, making, you know, everything moves. With dry fasting, <laughs> Everything resets. I mean, I literally look in the mirror and it's like one day I'm 42 and then I fast for a while and now all of a sudden I look like I'm 22 or younger and not just look like in every way, you know, like I walk, I'll go to a social situation and, and like, you know, people treat me, people look, um, perceive me as if that is my age. Uh, everything, men, women, like, <laughs> you know, it's pretty amazing. Um, and so I have an interest in, I don't want to say physical immortality, but agelessness. Uh, it's not you know, it's an interest that I don't know if it's, I'll accomplish it, but it's nice. It seems probably it's possible to be able to live in, and stay in this form as long as you may want to. Um, not forever, because that could be like a curse, right? But as long as you choose to. Um, it's definitely not the most important thing by any means but it's something that I've taken an interest in throughout my life.
What else can I say about that? Yeah, that's good. Self-love and reverence. It is the self, you know, many people and spiritual teachers and so on have said throughout time that uh, to look within for, you know, all is within, to look within for the, the truth and so on. Yeah. I think it's it's really important to focus on self-love in one way or another. We each have our own methods, our own ways. For me, it has a lot to do with you know, and this this is a delicate one because in this world it's often it's looked at as like well you shouldn't think too highly of yourself you should be humble and that sort of thing yeah there's some truth to that but also uh it's yourself that you live with <laughs> that everyone else comes and goes everything else comes and goes you sit there in quiet you go out and do things and you know you have yourself day in and day out, right? For me, a lot of it is about music. You know, I do music and it's a way to continually, consistently be able to <clears throat> experience joy, experience a state where I can turn off my thoughts and just exist and feel everything that is that is here that way. Stop being distracted with all these thoughts. Maybe Maybe the person listening has some other method. Maybe it's not music, maybe it's drawing pictures or going for a walk, or maybe it's sitting and observing the, func the, uh, the functions and sensations that go on in your body. Maybe it's talking with other people and helping other people somehow. Um, I think that it's important to think about these things as opposed to like sometimes one of the pitfalls we come into is we're like, well, I want to fast. I'm just, I'm going to fast for six days or however much time we think, and I'm just going to clench my fist and do it. And then we, you know, may not accomplish that yet. Or maybe we're not ready for whatever reason. But instead of like just trying to push and push, 
instead of just trying to push and push, there may be some other aspects of life to focus on. You know, like, um, when I tuned into your program with, uh, I tuned into the program on the weekly fasting group a little while ago with uh, Swami Satmarga. And I asked a question about this um, of him. I said, you know, often the, often a, a large obstacle for fasting for longer periods is uh, you know we we is basically these mental emotional things that come up detoxification that comes up you know and he spoke about uh, the cause of suffering he said that the when we how did he put it or the way he, you translated it, Arik, anyway, which was very nice, was uh, that approximately you said the non-acceptance non of natural phenomenon is uh, the cause of suffering or one of the, the main causes of suffering. So anyway, you know, I think it's important to step back sometimes and to think about these, these things that maybe are more important than just clenching our fists and just trying to fast for a really long time. Um, there's a natural progression. There is a natural progression that happens. It's basically just, you know, figuring out harmony, figuring out how can we find harmony? Where is there disharmony in life? And thinking about that. Uh, maybe it's some of these things we've been talking about. Maybe... Maybe there's an imbalance in our connection to others. Connection to others is a form of nourishment. And I'm, I would, I would say that, uh, it's often one of the the most significant forms of nourishment. Whether humanity, 
whether a human being can live many other things are, are how do I put this many other things are considered essential that may or may not be essential uh, our connection to others is usually a pretty important thing to reflect on you know there's healthy people that seem healthy to me that have been alone for years and years it doesn't necessarily mean you know there's different ways to interpret what connection to others means generally those people are they're living in nature i will say <laughs> Okay. Fruitarian and raw vegan are different things. Um, I want to point out an observation, something I've been thinking about that you guys might also uh, find significant. In the realm of um, fruitarianism and raw veganism, which is largely uh, an online community at the moment, uh, there is, there's raw veganism and there's fruitarianism and they're often being used as kind of this, these two topics that that uh, are almost interchangeable. People say, I'm fruitarian, raw vegan. And I'm, you know, I'm raw, you know, and, and, uh, and that's all fine and good. And uh, I have a lot of respect for a lot of people that are involved in these things that are doing this deep spiritual work inside themselves to, to, uh, to look into this stuff and to experience what it's like to run into the social challenges and the discovering how much, how much of an addiction food habits can be. Uh, I have a lot of respect. I have a lot of respect. Um, at the same time, I think that it would be really nice if moving forward, we may have a more uh, succinct, a more defined language about these these different things because fruit is fruit and vegetables are vegetables. They're not the same things. Uh, vegetables, I would define as the plants themselves, the leaves, the stalks, the roots, and so on. That's vegetables, whereas fruits are the, uh, the offering of the plant, the, the soft fleshy, well, they're not always soft, but the, the fleshy 
part that surrounds the seed. And so it can be harvested without, again, with, without harm to the plant. And often, you know, we actually help the plant. It's, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship, right? Between plants and animals. It would be nice if moving forward, we may have a more clear language. Fruitarian meaning a diet of only fruit and raw and vegan would mean, you know, vegetables or maybe vegetables and fruits or something like that, but not the same thing. Um, just a point that I wanted to make that, you know, maybe uh, just put it out there for people to, to think about and, you know, roll through the, <laughs> through the, the winds of time, right? Okay. So we can open it up now. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much, Brett. Um, it was really, really inspiring. Now, I wanted to ask, um, prior to becoming a fruitarian or becoming uh, interested in this fruitarian lifestyle, yes. um, did you have any experiments with your food, like going vegan, going vegetarian, experimenting, or you ate pretty much everything? Uh, I was raised, um, growing up, my sister was vegetarian, um, which, you know, what she called vegetarian, which is, I would say, lacto-ovo-vegetarian. Lacto -ovo she ate vegetables and milk and eggs. And, uh, yeah, but basically, I ate everything. We, we ate meat and animal food sometimes, and mostly plant foods, you know, fruits and vegetables. <clears throat> I was raised as an overeater. Uh, we would go out and we would eat lots of food. And so those are the habits that I'm, that I am, uh, you know, working with now. Um, Yeah, I, I mentioned about my first fast when I was uh, 17, which was, I guess, 11 years before the introduction of the, the fruitarian path. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so what made you fast in the age of, at the age of 17, like being an overeater and eating pretty much omnivorous diet. What made you fast at that time? What made me fast? Uh, my, let me think. I just remember being moved to fast. 
Um, I remember feeling a lot of illness inside of myself and around and surrounding me in pretty much everyone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, uh, I guess my father had been living in a nursing home for three, four years at that point. Um, <clears throat> so you just made this connection yourself with your own mind that you should fast in order to heal yourself or it was an idea that you picked from, from any other source? Well, I also used to smoke back then. So my, my memories are not all that clear from that period of my life. I used to smoke cigarettes and weed. Mm -hmm. uh, um, yeah, so, but what I recall, I, pass, I, I think I may have read some of my father's books on fasting. Uh, not only was he having this chronic illness, but he also was someone who had been exploring various health modalities uh, for a long time. Um, I remember being told that he had gone on a fast. Um, he had gone to some fasting retreat center and by the end of his water fast, he was almost able to walk again. Um, and later when I remembered being told that and asked my family about it after he was already passed away, um, no one, no one remembered or knew much of the story, you know, questions, questions like, well, why didn't you continue with that sort of thing? You know, if you were almost able to walk again, um, yeah, I remember during that fast thinking a lot about, I was processing the, my experience of my father's illness. Um, by the time I think I had learned enough through my own experiences and studies where I may have been able to heal him. I mean, I, it, for some time now I've known enough where provided he would listen to me. Uh, I mean, I know how to cure MS. I know how to do all these things. The problem is just that I know how to heal pretty much all the, the illnesses that, that plague this planet right now. Uh, it's just, we all have these programs we're running on in our minds. And so we're not necessarily going to listen to another person uh, telling us what is the solution, even if it's the real solution that really will work. Um, I remember, yeah, I just, I was processing a lot of these thoughts. Mm. Yeah, I think that <laughs> that's, I would like to give a better answer, but I'm not sure that I have one. Uh, just, yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. And what appealed for you in the uh, fruitarian diet when you encountered those ideas? What was your first impulse to jump in and try it? You're asking when I first heard about the fruitarian diet? Yeah, yeah. You said that uh, you uh, 
first heard about it when you had your access to the internet. So, uh, so what when you encountered those ideas for the first time, what appealed to you in them? Well, primarily it was it was the ethical idea, what uh, what I call ethical fruitarianism. Mm. And you weren't even vegan by uh, by that time, or you were vegan? No, uh, I had a short phase in my life where I identified as vegan, and a certain close friend of mine uh, helped me. Uh, with some a lot of the suffering there that was going on then um yeah i think i think that the notion of being vegan uh the notion of eating a, a vegan diet in order to for ethical reasons which is what a lot of people do they say they don't want to harm animals so they're going to eat a vegan diet um, or vegetarian diet, similarly. Um, and depending what people believe, they will do one thing or the other, right? Um, basically, those ideas never struck me, I think, the same way. Uh, I, my perception of plants and plant consciousness it is seeing a world where there's many forms of life, all conscious, all feeling, all experiencing pain and joy and a desire not to be harmed. Um, and that that is generally not very different from plant, between plant and animal. Um, you know, some people get upset with me and say, oh, you sound like a meat eater saying that it's like, uh, it's okay to eat meat because it's not that different from plants. But I'm not saying that. And I, and I don't, I do my best not to tell anyone what to do. I'm just sharing my experience and that maybe some people might uh, be helped by it. Um, but yes, in, in my experience, uh, it, it's, you know, if I eat, if I chop off a limb of a plant and eat it, I'm causing pain to that plant. Similarly to if I did that, that to an animal. Uh, so it's really, it's the ethical side of the fruitarian diet that really struck me, um, and stays just about the only thing to this day that is, uh, you know, a real concrete idea that that just is there. And you know, in 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 uh, yogic philosophy, and in, in I I practiced yoga also for a long time. I, I teach yoga. Um, we have this word ahimsa. In Sanskrit word, it, it, um, a lot of people translate it as, as meaning nonviolence. Or a friend of mine told me once it's the, really the meaning of it is there's no separation. You know, there's, there's only one thing. 
in existence. Uh, you know, these, these ideas feed into the concept of, um, feed into the practice of, of peaceful living, of nonviolence, of ahimsa. Um, before that, I always thought if I'm going to eat food, I had been told you have to, there's no way around it. You have to like harm and kill things. There's, there's, you have no choice. And then I found out there is a choice. So uh, maybe it's possible to live without eating at all. Uh, and that, you know, or just, and or just drinking liquids uh, which I know you have some knowledge about, Arik. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, I saw you have a video, by the way, um, about your experience, which you, you told me briefly about what you've been doing. I, have that, I haven't watched it yet, but I plan to watch it soon. Yeah, I've um, been on liquids for quite a long time, for more than a year so far, different kinds of liquids. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Water, I mean, water can also be peacefully harvested yeah i don't think uh doesn't seem to me that it it is causing another sentient being an experience of pain uh like like chopping down a tree or something mm -hmm. uh there's so yeah anyway i could go on i could talk a lot about that it's it's hugely significant subject but um basically it was the ethical aspect that that is very much struck me about it and then after that is the other large topics of of health and and uh you know raising our own frequency our, our self-cultivation uh aspects that um that are involved mm. very interesting breath so you have also mentioned that you healed your depression by using fasting, fruitarian diet, maybe something else. So could you please extend on that? Absolutely. Depression and maybe, maybe if you had any other mental or physical conditions that you healed through this lifestyle, you could just tell about it, this as well. Along the way, everything has gotten better. Um, I'll try to explain it. <laughs> Each time I, I go through these, these ups and downs, it's like in the stock market, things go up and down and, you know, on a, on a lifeline or playing music you have rhythms that they, they just that's what they do it's it's what life does each time i do that i have it's it's like there has been an underlying uh upward slope happening which i'm very appreciative of very grateful for um and all the different um, 
givers and helpers along the way. I used to be someone who was, who saw the world in, in a certain kind of way that was kind of difficult. And, you know, it was like, The world was against me. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a difficult thing to put into words. I'll say again, <laughs> the world was against me. The world was not a friendly place. As time has gone on, I've gradually come to see pretty much everyone is uh, actually basically good-hearted. Uh, some people are more or less sick and having and troubled. And often, you know, people have different ideas that are in disagreement with each other about what needs to happen, the way things need to be. And so there's conflict. Um, you know, but even, you know, when a bird goes and kills a bunch of worms, it, it, it maybe that's not such a nice thing in, on a certain level, in my view, it's pretty, uh, horrific on certain levels. Um, <clears throat> on another level, it is carrying that food back to its children, which it loves and it wants to take care of. Um, you know, so what do you want to focus on? <laughs> um, I, I think that uh, this uh, subject of the depression or different mental conditions might be relevant for some of the members of our group. So if you could extend on that, saying, you know, like, how long had you been depressed and, and what kind of stages you went through, just from the viewpoint of helping other people who might deal currently with similar conditions and who want to heal it by means of fasting, food, spiritual work, etc. Yeah. Well, that that's basically what I was what I was getting at is like what is the cause of the the depression that the causes of the depression the cause you know comes down to it's like cause of suffering what are the causes of suffering <laughs> attachment. what's up attachment yeah attachment is a huge one it's a huge one. Analyzing the way we think is a big, is a good practice. Um, analyzing the way we think. So that one example of how we can do that is what I was getting at just now. Uh, you know, we look at each thing and discover, like we ask questions 
um, what are my false beliefs? And throughout time, we can, you know, as if we're willing, we can make progress with these questions, right? If we honestly, earnestly look at them. Also, when our, when our, when our selves, <laughs> I'm gonna say bodies, when our entire being is, is clogged, then we're struggling. You know, if, if the body is clogged, then it's a struggle to, to circulate the life force and go on living. So we experience that as a form of depression. Um, it's as simple as clearing it out. And as, as a lot of people here know, to, uh, you know, have some experience with, I think, some of the most powerful ways to do that is with fasting, with, with the various forms of fasting. Dry fasting, would, I would say, uh, being the quickest, the most powerful. But uh, they're all great. They're, and, you know, often water fasting and dry fasting are used in conjunction as well. Um, so a person who is not feeling so good might practice self-love, might step back and, you know, look in the mirror every day, say, I love you, you're beautiful every day, even just by doing that one thing. Um, any or all of these practices are huge. Uh, and yeah, the, just a lot of what I was talking about before, uh, um, about the experience of eating only fruit. You know, again, I'm not, I'm not into telling other people what to do like someone else, you know, everyone decides for themselves what's good and who am I to tell anyone else what to do? Uh, you know, but if, if you feel moved, if you feel attracted to the idea, um, then it's there, it's available. The idea of talking about uh, how when, in my experience, eating only fruit for extended periods of time, there is uh, a spiritual, for lack of a better word, I'll say spiritual um, purification that happens, maybe you could say, um, a, a, a change. You just, you're carrying a different energy. You're carrying a different energy. Um, I don't want to clutter this talk with too many different things, but I, I guess I could add one more practice, which is really nice. Uh, often too, these difficult, you know, what we call depression. Um, it's, it's energies that we're holding inside of ourselves. It's 
they're physical. Uh, we, we might, you know, we have different events that come up in life and we choose to attach those energies to these events, but actually those events could not be there and we would still be carrying these energies. So it can be good to spend time alone, you know, spend time alone and just look within, reflect on these things. Uh, maybe reflect isn't the best, you know, reflect, contemplate, meditate, just sit and experience these things. Maybe going into the forest for a month, a week, you know, seven years. <laughs> um, yeah. And this, this goes right directly into, uh, we spoke also about the chronic fatigue. Uh, I used to be tired a lot. I, <laughs> I was fatigued. I didn't have a lot of energy. Uh, it's really, so much of this is as simple as cleaning up the body. And the body is not separate from the, the mind, the spirit, and the soul, and everything. It's all one thing. Uh, so we clean, we just clean this up. In, in, um, in yogic philosophy, there's something called nadis. Um, maybe you guys are familiar with the nadis. They're, they're said to be 72,000 of them. I haven't verified and counted them myself, but <laughs> it's basically this small, all the small little pathways that connect our beings. Uh, when they are clogged, then it takes a lot of extra energy to, to function. And it can be tiring, can be depressing just clearing them out little by little or maybe quickly whatever the person's um, is, is guided to do whatever the individual is guided to do just clearing them out hmm. so could you say that your fruitarian diet was one of the major factor in the fact that you got rid of depression, fatigue, etc. Yes. In your own case. Fruit. Uh, yes, so much so. I'm very mm. grateful. Mm. The, um, I will add that fruit has very little earthly matter uh, a person anyone who's eaten only fruit only 100% raw fruit for an extended period of time they'll notice they have almost no uh, stool that comes out anymore no any no more poop <laughs> almost none very little then uh, it becomes literally almost nothing why is that? It's because the fruit has almost no, has very, very little earthy matter. It's, it's almost entirely water and things that just dissolve inside of us. Um, so if you think about like, how is that going to affect 
you know, that, that change in consuming something like that as opposed to something that is denser that does not dissolve and, you know, it's, uh, makes a big difference, right? Yeah, absolutely. Brett, I also wanted to ask, do you think that a, a person who eats fruitarian diet and implements some fasting as well needs uh, some other cleansing procedures or it's enough? What's your take on that? Um, if I, okay, so I originally read also in Dr. Filonov's book that when we drive fast, we a lot of the waste that is coming out of the body comes out in a different way from normal. It's not coming out the gastrointestinal tract. It is instead being incinerated in the cells and leaves the body as a gas. Uh, I have verified this 100% over and over again through my own experience to be true. Um, it uh, so you know often people will be dry fasting and say, well, I haven't uh, I haven't pooped in a while, you know, so why I'm concerned? Um, but yet the waste is leaving, at least most of it is. Um, you know the the waste whatever is in the lower intestinal tract already might still end up coming out later. Um, the the lower gastrointestinal tract. Um, A person who is doing more water fasting, they may choose to do enemas and things like that. I've personally not done that. Uh, I've never really felt the need or the desire. Um, I do highly recommend urine therapy for anyone that is interested in that. Uh, that is something I have added to my practice. Um, about nine months ago, and it's been wonderful. It is, uh, mm, yeah. Uh, I have, I still have some dental health that is not fully healed, uh, and I did not find that the fruits diet with with fasting was enough. Maybe it would have been if I had been able to just switch 100% and never fall back to any other foods. Um, but in my experience, you know, there's there's been ups and downs along the way. Uh, and so, you know, I have several chunks of teeth that are that are missing as I think most people do. Um, but a lot of people cover it up with dental, uh, you know, magicianship. <laughs> uh, or, or, you know, by going to the dentist and they put in fillings and so on. Um, it seems to me that it's probably actually counterproductive though, because Really, your teeth are trying to uh, grow. They're trying to be 
the fillings are are this foreign material that is blocking energy and so on. The body sees it as a as an alien substance. Um, since I have added the urine therapy, um, I have seen a small amount of regrowth in my teeth. Um, they're no longer they're no longer degrading. Uh, it's not enough to it's not enough to have a um, For it to be something that I can show people yet, uh, but I am graphing them every month, and if I get, if I continue getting the kind of results that I've been getting, then I will have photographs to show the whole process in the future. Um, but it has been enough; I can see it and and um, perceive there is definitely some enamel that was not there that is there <laughs> and it's awesome. Um, my teeth have, are just a much better color and uh, it's great, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, actually it was a really, really hot point among the points that you mentioned, this regrowth of teeth. So you, maybe some people will have any additional questions about that. But I wanted to ask, so in your case, have you done any other cleansing practices such as liver cleanse, such as uh, salt uh, flushes or uh, whatever, or, or you just, uh, or you didn't have you, have, you have never had this inclination to do that? No, I think the fruit, fruit diet and, and fasting, you know, and then if you, if anyone that is, uh, brave enough to, you know, to start to look into the urine therapy um, and, and overcome the initial like AO factor, uh, you know, that is a very powerful combination. Um, I have done enough, I did uh, salt water cleanses a couple of times, but it's, I don't consider it, you know, like uh, anything um, I generally consider salt to be a pretty, pretty uh, noxious, toxic thing that, that um, I'm more interested in getting out of my body than putting in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Favorite. So, so please tell us, um, how does your food and water intake or liquid intake look like nowadays? And also your fasting routine, if you have any fasting routine. Yeah, um, well, I don't drink water. Uh, I eat fruit. I, I just less and less. The, the, ever since I cut out the salt and the dehydrated foods, uh, I felt less and less need to drink water. It was, and it was never something I really enjoyed that much. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it was easy to just, you know, I had it, I had it sporadically for a while and then I just didn't want to drink it at all anymore for maybe, I don't even know, maybe four years now or something. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've drank water a couple of times here and there, but basically not at all. Um, and 
Yeah. yeah I don't. I don't really. Mm. Yeah, in terms of your food intake nowadays. Oh, right, the food intake. So my food intake is fruit. It's uh, it basically, I was talking about, you know, not too much effort, not too little effort. Uh, I eat only fruit um, most days. Uh, pretty, you know, uh, occasionally, like if something, if I really, really want some other food, uh, like some, some vegetables, um, generally it's, it's, uh, you know, it might in sometimes be a little bit of whatever, some, uh, milk product or something. Um, like it's allowed. I think it's better. I will allow it. I think it's better to just allow it and enjoy it like once or twice and then get back on rather than just sitting there with the fist clenched. And then eventually you have a bigger, you know, fallback moment. Like the, the point here is uh, it's like mental mastery. I'm trying to, I'm trying to cultivate a, uh, and try is not the best word. I'm, I'm working on cultivating a, an experience inside of my mind. Um, and I think it's, it can be counterproductive, you know, to, to just sit there with your fist clenched. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, just fruit. I mean, you know, I live in, on the East coast of, of the U S and it's often there's, I just get the best quality fruit I can get. Today I had some pears and mangoes, uh, you know, yesterday I had, what did I have? <laughs> More pears and some oranges, really good oranges. There are some, you know, clementines, whatever, <laughs> oranges. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoy fruit, uh, just whatever I can get. The fasting, um, I'm not on a schedule with fasting right now. Um, I, I prefer to let things be more just, just uh, do what I move to do at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so the last time I fasted was maybe, what, a couple of weeks ago or something. I did a dry fast and two or three weeks ago, I forget. Um, I did a dry fast for not that long, um, maybe like uh, 40 hours or something like that, 44 hours. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was really nice. Uh, before that, I did a, a urine fast. The first time I'd ever done that, that was about 84 hours. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's more just uh, about being in the moment and feeling out, you know, what what appears right. I think maybe for a lot of people, it may be good to have a like a scheduled fast, like once a week or something, um, or whatever it is.
Um, but yeah, but for me, yeah, I'm just, I'm going more day by day at the moment. Mm. Do, do you have an uh, opinion about, about uh, that art? If I have, no, I think that it is, um, it should be a personal choice of everyone. So it's just, just whatever you feel, whatever you feel. So I don't have any special, a special opinion. Like I, I love the idea of, of uh, developing this consistency, uh, like doing it week after week after week, but that's me and probably many other members of the group but in general. It um, should be a personal choice of everyone, absolutely. And Brett, and I also wanted to ask you about uh, the uh, quantities of uh, food and in terms of meal frequency, all those technical details, because uh, many people, because we don't have many fruitarians in the group, but many people who are interested in this lifestyle. So like how much you eat every day, how many meals uh, do you take and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, well, I gently aim for one meal. Um, you know, but that one meal could be defined as, uh, up to a four hour period of time, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, but right lately, especially this past year with everything that's been going on, it's been really challenging, uh, some of the time I'm a lot more relaxed about it now, but in, in, over the past year, I've had some you know, a lot of, I've experienced a lot of challenge with this, this social aspects of, of uh, uh, everything that's been going on with this, uh, this, you know, what people perceive as a communicable virus and, um, you know, family separation and all this stuff, mm -hmm. the, uh, the stuff that <laughs> that entails, um, you know, so I've, been I think I've been a little more towards the gentle effort side of things um, and just just enjoying food most days but so that uh, that basically equates to somewhere between a four hour and an eight hour <clears throat> window of eating I'll be I'll wait until I'll wait until as late in the day as I comfortably can uh, to start eating. And then I will eat some fruit um, and enjoy the fruit. And I'll generally, you know, I'll keep doing that until somewhere between, I mean, I, I mean to say, you know, I'll just eat more whenever I want to, uh, whenever, you know, whenever I want to, or whenever is, is convenient. And, um, somewhere between, you know, like a few hours before sunset and around sunset, I will stop eating again and start to dry out. Uh, I will loop my, uh, my pee or usually at least a couple times after I stop eating. Uh, that helps a lot that like, you know, wait until it, wait until it tastes clean and, and, uh, and uh, like milky. Um, and then, you know, that's based, cause that shows the, what the state of my blood inside. 
when you say loop, what does it mean in terms of urine therapy? Because not, not, many, people, not many people are familiar with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, this could be, that could be a whole lecture on its own. Yeah, no, but, but the term itself, you said that you loop your pee, your urine, like to, you use the word loop. So in, in this context, what does that mean? To loop yeah. your urine? <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay. So I will loop it, meaning drink some, drink um, somewhere between 16 and 32 ounces uh, that I have in a bottle. Um, I, you know, I have a, I have a good durable bottle that I keep in my in my bag usually always with me um, and I will drink it once and then a little while later it'll come out again uh, or you know more different will different uh, urine will come out again and then you drink that and you drink it again and it's you know it creates that don't eat any food in between and especially if you've been eating a clean food then uh you know it tastes like clean and pure you can taste the state of your internal body uh the because you know urine is actually blood it's it's which well, it's filtered blood like the kidneys make urine um for the bloodstream, it's really to go into the, the, then when we have an excess of liquid, it comes out as urine. When we have an excess of liquid in our body, uh, it comes out as urine. So the practice of drinking it again is, is sort of like a, a way to hack this, <laughs> this system that we have going on. And, um, and could so you yeah, say, that's what we, okay, sorry, sorry, you, uh, please finish first. No, no, I'm, go ahead. I'm, I'm, so, I was so, so could you say that the other day, uh, the other way around is just not to have excess liquid. And so if you don't do that, then you don't need to drink it back or it doesn't work like that. Person who, uh, oh. mm? you, you cut out for a moment can you say yeah 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 i asked yeah you said that we produce urine and feed out because we have excessive liquids so i said and then, and then you drink it back so what i asked uh, is uh, that um, if there is the other way around of just not having ex excessive uh, amount of liquids and then uh, your urine would be absorbed automatically you wouldn't need to drink it or it doesn't work like that. Well, uh, if anyone has seen the film, in the beginning there was light. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a segment there about a man named Prahlad Jani, uh, who uh, you're familiar with him. You're nodding your head. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I um, know. I know this case. Yeah. Yeah. So you saw how they have they took the footage of him reabsorbing his urine as you're describing. Right, right, right. But for most people, th there will be the excretion there, probably. Yeah, pretty much everyone living on this planet right now is, is urinating. Um, if, if we, yeah, if we um, 
get to a state where we're eating so little or not at all that we don't urinate anymore. Yes, I think that that is likely um, a more, I don't know how to put it. Uh, that's a state that I would like to get to in the future um, if that's, you know, fate willing. Um, that it's, yeah. That, that I think that that is good. Um, it's, there's a lot of mystery around that though too. Um, in my mind still, uh, because um, it's definitely better in terms of ease of living. You know, you don't have to, um, you don't, if you don't have to urinate, you don't have to spend time going to find a place to urinate and everything else. And you don't have to interrupt your life with it. Um, and if you don't have to eat, you don't have to interrupt your life with that either. Uh, <laughs> right. It's how much of our time do we spend around eating, um, with earning money to, to eat and getting the food and preparing the food and thinking about it and everything else. There's a lot of time and energy spent. Um, but at the same time, if our, if our interest is in in longevity and or like agelessness, I'm not sure, um, I wonder about that, you know? Um, it seems that like Pralajani just died, mm -hmm. you know, came to age and die like, a, like everyone else. Um, so, you know, and and there's there's these legends of people that practice urine therapy that live much longer. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it's because when we do the urine therapy, we're able to help our blood to circulate to places where it otherwise cannot. Um, you know, because I I don't just drink it. There's various procedures. You can you can snort it into your lungs, and you know I'm I'm healing my. I've, uh, I'm getting a lot of healing from when I used to smoke by doing that. Mm -hmm. And it's great, you know? Uh, so yeah, these are, these, I think what you're asking is a really good question. I don't necessarily have the answer to it. Um, I think it's maybe a good question to hold on to for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very interesting, very interesting. Okay, guys, so I think we will open this discussion to your questions. Does anyone else have any questions for Brad? We have one question on the chat, but before we get to that, maybe anyone else has any questions. Hi, Brad, this is Aranka again. Sorry, um, always intrude. Um, just wondering, um, about the urine. So this group is um, uh, moderated by people who tr truly deeply believe in detox, everything bad going out of you instead of um, recirculating the items. So you might not find um, that um, they resonate. I, I tried urine therapy and I still am trying. But what I noticed is that after a few days, it becomes extremely sour tasting. 
Uh, did you find the same thing for you? Uh, no. No, no. You were able <laughs> to, like after, after four or five days of looping and the whole, the whole thing, and it was just like so strong instead of becoming lighter. When I include other fruit like uh, oranges or, or just juices, um, it becomes lighter again. It becomes like tea. But when I don't, when I just loop, that means I don't do anything else. Um, I find it becomes very strong and almost uh, sour. Or it could be just my detox, right? You're saying that you just looped. You had only, you did a urine fast? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Quite a few of them. Okay, well, I've never gone that long. Uh, only uh 84 hours so that's almost as long yeah as... it's five days yeah no no okay almost uh, four days right three and a half days. oh okay sorry yeah oh, hmm. okay <laughs> but no i think part of the, the benefit in my experience of doing these kind of practices is you know we can taste what's going on inside of us um mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, like, you know, one of the clues that it seems to me that all food has a detrimental effect, even fruit on the body to some degree. Fruit yeah. just has the least, fruit seems to have the least of the detrimental effect of all foods. Um, mm -hmm. But I noticed like, if I eat fruit, it, it still um, brings there is a hint of like a bitter kind of flavor that comes from the fruit, like you're talking about. Mm. Um, but it goes away I if I just loop for a while. Um, so mm. maybe yeah, if, if you're looping only your urine for five days, you know. That was my longest one, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, what you might try, I haven't done this yet, but I thought the next time I try a urine fast um, is, you know, like, uh, you can have some stored up for later and, and, you know, like you might like restart your looping periodically mm -hmm. with some that you have stored from before. Right. Uh, well, for the aged, um, I haven't dared to internally ingest it, but I do use it for enemas, the aged urine. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big animal queen. <laughs> um, I really enjoy the clean feeling, so I guess I do that. But um, because my also my diet is not that perfect as um, I would like it to be. Um, okay. It's almost yeah. So then you haven't uh, haven't noticed any uh, any changed taste as as you went along when you're 84 hour uh, fasting of on you in. Yeah, like, well, I could taste as towards the end, it got, uh, it didn't taste very good. And then I, I broke the fast. Okay, um, so then you know, you noticed it too, right? Then it, it does become very different after a few days. Yeah, it got thicker. Right, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like thicker. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's... Uh, it's a complex topic. People are like, well, it's waste. It's not waste. It's waste. Um, but what exactly is waste? I would say, you know, what, is there yeah. a clear 
what what waste even is. Um, <laughs> it's a good it's one. It's like breathing. Sort of, like uh, oh, you can't breathe into this spot. You have to turn your head to the that spot to get the clean air. But you just breath breathe out, and okay, you're gonna be out in the fresh air. But still, you breathe out around yourself, so you still breathe in your own uh, um, breath out as well. So there's no perfection in nature, and that's why I like it about. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's as we were discussing, um, as we, as we were discussing in the group recently, um, the fraternism and fasting group. Uh, you know, it may be possible to reach a state where we don't breathe. Also, uh, yeah. as you and yeah, I have, yeah. have right. taken an interest, in, uh, but that's a whole nother can of worms, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Elitum is working on it's very. He just disclosed it that he's really interested in it, so he's into it soon. Um, well, yeah. that's an interesting, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's likely, you know, for a person that wants to have like a ageless body, um, that may be a huge part of it. I mean, that's definitely what a lot yeah. of the, the old, uh, yeah, well writings and the yoga texts talk about um yeah how do how do they describe it in in yoga like mitahara is for food but what what is the breathlessness of uh, a uh, kumbhaka um well pranayama is is just uh, breath control or control of right, energy right and then but um, do they have a yeah mm -hmm. there's okay. uh, sorry nirvana, nirvana. Nirvana is the without breath. Ah, thank breath you. Thank you. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. Um, cool. But if you think of it, yeah, it's like uh, when we breathe, we're still taking in something. Um, we're still taking in something from outside, some chemical substance that contains some stuff. You know, it's it's maybe the lightest, one of the lightest forms of, uh, of dense matter that we can take in, um, but it's still, it's air. It's not, it's a lot denser than like just energy. Cells uh, are like immortal. They, they don't, they don't take in anything. They just, they like emanate <laughs> this energy, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. These are things that I, I've been thinking about a lot. I, I don't have any kind of, uh, you know, um, clear understanding of any of it yet. It's, I think it's we're exploring these things together. We can discuss them, but I, I, I don't, it's not like yeah. I can. Okay. I don't want to take um, up too much of the group's room, uh, group's um, time, but one more question perhaps it might interest others is that you were talking about when you were young, you want, you were a big eater. Has it, has it resolved? That means do you eat a lot of fruit, like, you know, like Harley and uh, freely 30 bananas a day at style, uh, or, or you are just very thriftily eat four or five mangoes and that should be it. Uh, what's the quantity? in that four hour eating window that you eat? So, yeah, so sometimes I, I eat a lot less than I used to. Um, <laughs> I eat a lot less than I used to. Uh, I still 
have that in me. You know, I still have that experience growing up in my mind. Um, and sometimes, but if it if what hmm. Brett, you, yeah. there there are interruptions. We we couldn't hear a few last sentences. Could you repeat them, please? Yes. Um, is that better now? I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was going to say I was saying that. I still allow myself to eat a larger meal sometimes uh, if I really want it, but most of the time, no, I don't anymore. Um, and and also, yeah, I was also saying that if it's only watery fruit, it's still not nearly like, you know, it might expand my belly a little bit for uh, a short while, but then you know, it gets it, uh, it gets smaller again very quickly. Mm. Brett, and uh, I also wanted to ask, uh, when you say fruit, do you mean only sweet fruit or you also mean things like uh, zucchini or cucumbers, non-sweet fruits? So when you say fruit, could you define it further? Um, uh, the connection is uh, getting slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so I asked uh, when you when um, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I understood your question, but you. I just want to make sure you can hear me speak back. <clears throat> um, fruit is botanically speaking fruit. Uh, so yes, it includes the non-sweet fruits, tomatoes and cucumbers and and uh, all that stuff, avocado. Mm -hmm. Although I, um, there was another point that I wanted to make more recently. I have discontinued personally the avocados um, and the, more because in my moving towards lighter and lighter foods, um, I realized that discontinuing basically oils um, or what some people will call uh, 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 what's the term? Uh, overt fats. Um, what's that? Oh, <laughs> I'm reading the screen. Yeah, I have discontinued the overt fats more recently. Uh, they're still allowed if I really, really wanted, but I haven't really wanted it. And that makes a huge difference in my experience. Um, I feel like it's just been a, another signif very significant step in my, uh, on my journey. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, all botanically speaking, fruits are fruits, whether they're sweet or not, whether they're culinary, whether they're called vegetables in a culinary sense. Um, mm -hmm. No, they're, they're still fruits. Mm -hmm. And what about, for example, bananas or dates? Do you consume them? Like, because they're considered to be the denser fruit than the others, or you prefer mostly watery fruits? I prefer watery fruits. I do eat bananas if I desire them. They're allowed. Um, I had I had a phase. I usually don't eat dates. I had a phase recently where I had some dates for a few days, 
and then I I cut them out again. Um, yeah, they really did not sit well. Um, like talking about the the benefits of some of the benefits of urine therapy, like you taste that, you taste those dates is not pleasant mm-hmm. <laughs> after a little while. Okay, um, they're you could have fresh dates then probably I will eat those, but uh, not not in the U.S. Mm, okay, okay. I also wanted to ask you about the if you have any particular mindset when you eat or if you have any rituals such as prayers or blessings on food, what, whatever is related to that subject for you. Yeah, sometimes... Sometimes um, I like to practice mindful eating where you just sit and eat your food and you focus on the food and you take, you know, you, you make that the, the point of, uh, of, of focus in your meditation. So that means if another thought comes into the mind, we just gently take the mind off of that thought and put it back on the food and just the enjoyment of it and the appreciation of it, the experience of it, the, the taste and everything else. Um, sometimes I like to practice gratitude uh, or I just, <laughs> I, I experience gratitude. Um, and other times I don't do any of that. I just eat and I'll watch a program or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or hang out and have a conversation. You know, it, it used to be like when I first learned about the mindful eating concept, it was so significant to me that I said, well, let me, let's, you know, I just want to do that. But then I would meet people and be spending time with friends and, and be like, it kind of became a, a bit much to always be saying, can we do this mindful eating thing? You know, because <laughs> mm. often people want to talk and hang out while they eat. And so I just would allow that to happen. You know, nowadays I, I just allow that to happen more. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And do, do you have any particular practice regarding chewing or you don't bother much about that? Chewing well, most most of the time yeah you want to make sure you chew it especially bananas you're eating bananas uh chew it so that it's more watery uh but before you swallow it um otherwise it will take a lot longer to get through um that's all yeah oh and yeah the i can give a brief mention to one of the other very significant practices with the urine therapy that I do even though it's I'm to- maybe a lot of people in this group it's, it's not for them and, and that's okay but um just so you know what it is uh um so your blood is balanced for your own unique or your own body it's like different for each of us um when I eat food I'm taking inside of myself something with a different different uh something alien and if you know if you if you eat that way for hours 
a lot of people maybe have the experience um, of it being uncomfortable in the teeth. You can feel it actually wearing down the enamel because it's because uh, you know it's easier than pretty much everything else. But but it is the stress on the body still. It's an alien substance. So what I do is every time I eat food, I have my bottle of urine and I and a, a, I take some in my mouth and I swish it around afterwards for at least a minute or two. And that uh, that rebalances everything and you can feel right away how how much it really works. Um, if your teeth are feeling uncomfortable, do that. It's like so fast. There's there's no question. Um, previous image you'll have in my teeth, which yeah. I mentioned then. Um, <clears throat> Brett, I'm sorry, you were, you were frozen again for the last few sentences. So could you please? So the last one that we got was that you have this uh, quantity of urine and you just swish it or you drink a little bit. I just didn't get it while after right after eating fruit. And then after that, it was it got interrupted. Yes. You, I take us, I take it around my mouth after eating for a minute or two, every time I eat, any and every time that I ever eat food. You swish, uh, it, very you important you swish it in the mouth, right? Because it was interrupted again. You swish it, right? Swish it in the mouth. Good. Mouthwash. Yes. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I apologize for the, I wish we had a little better connection. Um, so but the other thing that I was sharing was in addition to doing that, uh, several times a day, like three, at least two, three times a day, I will swish it in my mouth, mouthwash mm -hmm. for at least 10, 15 minutes. Um, and that lets it absorb into the teeth. And it, it, uh, I think that is, you know, that is the practice that I learned that is enabling me to start to regrow my teeth. Mm, wow, very inspiring. Thank you very much for sharing. Now we have, we have a few questions on the Zoom, or, or I'm sorry, on, uh, on the chat. Uh, the first question is from Shirin. Brett, you don't worry about the toxins in your urine? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, what to say about that? Uh, I don't think there's a lot of toxins in urine. Um, I think it, in my experience and according to the large amount of research that I have done, uh, the toxic waste comes out the back and all the good stuff comes out the front. The um, yeah, if a person wants to do more research on that, I highly recommend. Uh, there's a book called The Water of Life by John Armstrong. Highly recommend that. Uh -huh. Okay, thank you very much. And then from 
Gita Ben, I think, that's her name. Hi, Brett. In the beginning of your fruitarian journey, did you feel like you wanted to eat savory, like salty food? Yes. So uh, thank you for the question. I'm sorry, uh, what was her name? His, her, uh, name? her name, uh, Gita Ben, I think. Gita Ben. Uh, hi, Gita Ben, thanks for the question. Um, that's a really important one right there. Um, first of all, I think often when we, when we think we want savory, what we really, what the, the message we're really getting is that's enough sweet. Uh, the body has just had enough sweet and I can get a similar satisfaction by just not eating anymore. Um, but yeah, along the way I've wanted to eat savory meals um, and I've satisfied that by making salads with uh, tomatoes and cucumber and orange juice, um, avocado, um, that kind of thing. Although again, I think it's much, it's a much better thing to, to, to uh, reduce or eliminate the fatty uh, foods and even fruits. Um, salt in general, which I think is different from savory, you know, salty. Uh, I personally experience salt as one of the most important things to eliminate from the diet. Salt is rocks. It's, you're eating rocks. <laughs> uh, it dehydrates us. We started eating salt because we were pre preserving meats with it, is what people say. It's probably true. And... Um, Yeah, what can I say? Salt is uh, salt is a big issue. Mm -hmm. and getting into uh, reducing or eliminating it and seeing how much better you feel. Yeah, Brett, and you you do not consume a. A le a leafy, a green leafy vegetables either, right? Like, like celery or rocket, uh, like uh, arugula, things like that. No, those are vegetables, not fruits. Yeah, so you do not consume them. Just wanted to clarify. And what's your take on a spicy? Well, uh, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. May I comment on that though a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, sure. The. Uh, So, okay, I'm just, I'm plugging in my phone so there's enough power. Mm -hmm. That's what, I, when I was commenting before about the difference in my mind between, between um, vegan and fruitarian, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just a matter of having precise language really, which I think is good you know it's not necessarily any more than that um but in 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 a more ideal future moving forward uh i think it would be nice if people that are eating fruits and leaves would say they're doing a raw vegan diet 
maybe they might say, I'm eating a raw vegan diet and I'm moving towards fruitarian, mostly fruitarian or something, but they wouldn't call mostly fruit and lettuce fruitarian uh, simply because it's not correct. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm just, just briefly mentioning this to people sometimes because like I said, I think it'd be nice, um, mm -hmm. more, more correct language moving yeah, forward. To, to define the terms. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. And, and then we have um, a question from um, Fred and he's asking, hi, Fred. Uh, hybrid, uh, yeah, hybrid, uh, bread, sorry. <laughs> From Fred to bread. Uh, has urine therapy healed in you anything apart from regrowing your teeth? So has urine therapy healed in you anything apart from regrowing your teeth? That's the question. Hi, Fred, thanks for the question. Um, yes, very much so. Uh, it's hard to explain, but my entire body is just more healthy and vibrant. I can see it in my face and those, my friends uh, notice it and see it. Um, I'm stronger. I have more energy. Um, I think it's basically just slowly healing everything, helping my body to do what it's always trying to do anyway, which is to, you know, be healthy and be in a harmonious whole state, right? Um, for a while in, in, the, in the fraternism and fasting Facebook group, uh, the people would sometimes mention to me urine therapy. Uh, I, was, I was asked to, to take over and administrate that group like a while ago. And people would sometimes mention it to me. They'd say, do you practice urine therapy? And I'd be like, I'm not even interested in thinking about <laughs> that, you know? Um, and uh, then as time went on, you know, people kept, would keep on mentioning it. And eventually I said, well, why do I have to be so close-minded? I can at least look up, I can at least like, open my mind and learn about this thing doesn't mean I have to actually do it you know and um you know once I did that I my mind was opened and within a few days I was like I have to try this um I tried a few drops on my finger noticed it didn't taste bad at all and then a little while later I I just like just put some in a cup and I said, all right, I'm, I'm just going to drink this. And I just made myself drink it. And, uh, and, you know, I just felt this very real, very large sense of well-being that kind of came over me within the next couple of minutes. Uh, it's, I can't really describe it in words any better maybe than I just did. Um, but that happened and, and it's been a constant practice drinking quite a lot ever since then for the last nine months or so. Uh, and yeah, I can, it just, it's like it's healing everything. I mean, oh, I know one example I can give that's 
that's uh that's nice i had a scar on my arm um that i wanted i didn't want there um and i learned that there's the urine therapy protocol for that you basically just rub urine on it regular on a regular basis every day for a while and so i did that and my scar went away <laughs> it's i can't even find it anymore um it's it's awesome i mean so yeah i don't think that nine months is really that long um like to i mean i've gotten huge benefits but you know i'm looking forward to seeing what it's been like you know a couple more years from now yeah amazing brett thank you very much for sharing we have another question on the chat from Shirin. By the way, guys, you can just unmute yourself and ask. You don't have to post it on the chat unless you want to do that. It is no problem yeah. also. Uh, so uh, she, she's asking Brett. So you are saying that fruitarians shouldn't eat any greens if they, if they made up their mind already on being fruitarian. I don't understand really why is this so important for you? Okay, well, first of all, I'm, I thank you for the question. And I, um, I'm very careful not to tell people what to do. Um, if I said anything about what anyone should do, then I take it back and, and apologize. Um, I'm very careful, I'm very, very careful um, about that. Um, what I meant to say was if a person eats greens and fruit, they're not eating only fruit, they're eating fruits and vegetables. And so the correct term for that would be raw vegan or maybe raw vegan, mostly fruitarian if you want. Um, but I see a lot of people saying that they are eating a fruitarian diet and then they're including greens and it just doesn't seem correct to me. But it's not a matter of what anyone should do. Everyone can, can and, and should, well, <laughs> I'm trying not to use the word should. I feel that like, I don't like it when people tell me what to do and I try not to, I'm cultivating the habit of not telling anyone else what to do either. We're simply discussing with each other things that we have um, shared interests in, you know? Yeah, hi. Hi, Brad. <laughs> hi, Shireen. Shireen. Hi, hi. Yeah, that was my question. <laughs> no, because uh, why, uh, why was I so interested uh, in your answer on that is because um, at a certain point, um, it seems then as if we're thinking too much now, you know, like mm. tr trying to, uh, uh, yeah, use uh, uh, like different... Uh, put people in uh, sort of like categories and, right. you know, and um, labeling becomes uh, like super important, you know, and then you tend to, yeah, like be more in your head instead of like from the heart, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, I couldn't really like uh, get from you, you know, why it's so important. I get it, I get it from like more, I guess you're more uh, also a person that's more um, on the science, 
also? Uh, maybe, if you say so. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a kind of a feeling I get from you. So, but, but then again, I'm like, um, there's many fruitarians that are, you know, um, also, you know, from time to time, just eating some greens. But yeah. predominantly, you know, their diet predominantly is fruits. So, you know, should you then uh, one week say you're a fruitarian and next week when you eat greens, you should, you know, you know how then the labeling becomes, you know, too important well, I think in, a, the, in, in like yeah. a disbalanced way, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Good, good points. I, I'm so, sorry for my English sometimes. It's sometimes a bit, yeah. Uh, your English is good. English, <laughs> I remember you, yeah. by the way, from another program that I watched um, on the weekly fasting group YouTube. Yeah, um, with uh, Ellen. <laughs> is that is that the one? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But no, that, I mean, personally, I think a lot of the issue here just comes in identifying in general, with labeling in general. Um, like you, you might notice, like my personally, one of my ways around that is, you know, I don't say I'm fruitarian. Uh, I, I say I'm on the fruitarian path. I eat a fruitarian diet. I'm just me, you know, like yeah. I, I prefer to identify less. I mean, if we don't, I, it's it, it's a tricky one that, because if you don't identify at all, then that's not so easy either. But you know, you know, you know like, what helps me, Brad? You know what, what kind of helps me with that? Um, yeah. Uh, when I when I label myself or I um, identify, uh, I'm not identifying with identifying myself. Hmm. It's just a way, you know. You know, we use labels and words and uh, language. We use it only to uh, become clear about what we're trying to explain. Yeah, but it's not really important. Um, cause then I think, I think then you can, um, fall into the trap of trying too hard to not identify in a way that makes you identify, you know, like you get yeah. what I mean? Good points. That reminds me of, um, what was it? Uh, yeah, because I, I take issues with, with these things um, as you're noticing uh, around like ownership, I guess. I see a lot of the problems mm -hmm. in the world have to do with ownership in general. Yeah. Uh, but a friend of mine years ago, Emiliano, he said to me, he was like, well, maybe just don't think of it as ownership. Think of it as you're just like, you're just in possession of these things temporarily, you know, like yeah it's that's kind of similar i think to what you're saying yeah 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 i guess so yeah 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 because um i i would get it i would get it if you're predominantly if your diet is like predominantly on uh veggies and other stuff instead of fruits yeah uh and then you call yourself a fruitarian yeah then it's a bit weird because now you're also if you explain that to other people they might get things confused, you know? And, uh, but if your diet is predominantly fruits and from time to time, 
you uh, eat uh, some greens or whatever. Uh, I still consider someone a fruitarian because they're predominantly their diet, you know, like, so, yeah. You know, th that's why I was trying to like figure out. Um, yeah, that's that's why I was so uh, curious to see why why it's so important to you, you know, like what's behind that. Yeah. Well, I was trying to, to say that I don't I don't think it's that important, really. That was just no, a, uh, yeah. it's mm -hmm. it was just a, a smaller point that I was making, probably the smallest one of anything we've been talking about, actually. Just, mm -hmm. It was more a matter of that uh, if we're to use, you know, I think humanity can move forward by having precise language because often we, we talk to each other and one person saying something and meaning something and then the person listening is receiving something, but it's very different from what the person actually meant. And yeah. we can then that if we develop more and more precise language. Um, yeah. But it's, I don't think it's that big of a deal at all. <laughs> but yeah. I definitely, yeah. you're sharing those. That's, uh, I will... I will reflect on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, guys. Thank, I, we, thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank, you. thank you for the question. Okay, guys. So I think we're going to wrap it up soon because we are over two hours now. And if uh, there is a request, we can, of course, invite Brett again because uh, it was wonderful. It was eye-opening and uplifting. So Brett, uh, now towards the end, I would like to, I have a few, few um, questions uh, for you regarding your activity. Uh, uh, first of all, as a manager of this Facebook Facebook group, what's the name of your Facebook group if anyone wants to join? Oh, it's called Fruitarianism and Fasting. Ah, okay, so, uh, so uh, in the search engine of Facebook, just Fruitarianism and Fasting and they will get to you, right? Yes. Uh, I was considering not advertising that here because there's just already a bunch of people there and there, and uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, I was going to advertise my podcast instead, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we're going to talk about it, but uh, uh, okay. Anyway, I know I just wanted to ask you about the essence of this group and, uh, but uh, okay. Uh, no, and fine. It's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's okay. Yeah, so um, so is it okay for you to talk about it, or you would prefer, would prefer rather not? It, it's okay. It's it's let's we, we can just let things happen organically. Yeah, yeah. So 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 tell us just give us just a few words about this group. Like, uh, who is it for, and uh, is it for the people who already live this lifestyle or who are striving to do that? And do you have any group activities uh, in addition to the, to the discussions? Whatever you find uh, relevant. Oh, the description of the group is um, support and community for people practicing and or interested in fruitarianism and or fasting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Okay, good. And now, and uh, um, please tell us also about your podcast because we do have your podcast. Yeah, I even posted the one you sent me, I even posted it in the group for the people who want to get to know you better. So please tell us more about that. Oh, sure. Thank you. Uh, my podcast is called Echo 13. Uh, the number 13 after the word Echo, E-C-H-O. Uh, if you just search Echo 13 podcasts, 
you will find it. Um, at basically, my forum, I just put, I have fun with it, whatever. Um, I share things that I think are worth sharing that can be helpful to people and or just fun. Um, there's episodes there about, uh, there's an episode about my journey as a person who's been full-time barefoot for, well, three years now, it was two and a half years at the time. Um, also a very significant practice for health and wellness. Mm -hmm. um, there's an episode about, is it healthy to eat only fruit? And that's a talk about that. There's various conversations that uh, I have with people. There's music uh, that I record. Uh, I am my, my uh, one of my, if I had to identify with something, it would be someone who plays music. You know, that's, that's what I love to do for a very long time and have been cultivating. So there's recordings, even full albums on there that are uh, to be found. What else? There's a couple silly ones. <laughs> there's mm -hmm. one about, uh, well, I'll let you just find those <laughs> if you mm -hmm. want to. Yeah, in podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay, Brett, and then you also have your YouTube channel, right? Oh, yeah, there's a YouTube channel, but uh, that's maybe let's just let's just focus on the podcast. That's okay, okay, let's, let, let's focus on the uh, podcast. Okay. Yeah, I'm minimizing my um, my digital life a little bit right now. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm really. Yeah, I think ideally it'd, it'd be just just one avenue that you publish to on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, know if i'll accomplish that just anytime soon but at least down to two for now mm -hmm. <laughs> okay and my final question is um about your activity as a coach because we have lots of people here in the group who are interested in healthy approach to life in alternative approaches to health so how could you assist those people mm. yes well, I, I give coaching, consulting on health and life in general. Uh, if, if you are wanting to have someone like me to hold space for you for 45 minutes at a time, and we talk about what you're going through and, you know, figure out together how you might move forward with some of these things, then uh, I welcome you to contact me. My email address is brettcohensounds at gmail.com. That's spelled B-R-E-T-C-O-H-E-N-S-O-U-N-D-S at gmail.com. People probably know how to spell the word com. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so we will uh, we'll put your contact details below the video. And uh, uh, so, yeah, so 
what areas in the life of a person could you assist them with? Yes, of course. Uh, well, everyone is an individual and each person is a different situation. So, you know, I come at, I come as much as I can with an open mind and flexibility. Uh, I'm just checking this battery. Yeah, my clients in the past, uh, we've sometimes, we've done fasting coaching, uh, coaching having to do centered largely around uh, uh, health and, and in terms of diet and um, what do you say, just daily habits, finding harmony in life. Uh, there's also, um, as a yoga teacher, yoga and meditation teacher, I have that to offer. Guided meditations that can be very powerful to help a person to feel some relief, to, yeah, to really just cultivate an inner glow. Mm -hmm. Okay, Brett. So thank you so, so much. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be really happy to have you again sometime later here on the group. My pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know. I'd, I'd love to if, uh, if and when, you know, sure. Really. Thank you so, so much. Well, you, you guys are awesome. Yeah. Eric and everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, Bye, everyone. Love and light to everyone. Bye-bye.